G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Turning our attention to attitudes to money and how that affects our children. Well, our special guest today says if we don't address the lies we believe about money, we may never move forward. These times are getting tougher for a lot of families, so what we believe about money as a Christian may be very, very important. There are extremes in the way that some Christians think about money. Equating God's blessing only to money may be a mistake. Assuming we are called to give it all away may also have major problems. So getting things right with our attitudes and how they shape our children may be crucial to the financial success of our succeeding generations. Good to welcome back today Justin Pagotto, who leads a ministry called 1010, based on John 1010 that says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Justin is helping raise happy, more confident, money-smart children. Justin Pagotto, a special welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Uh, always love being here. And you've, you've already mentioned some huge topics, even in the intro. So I'm looking forward to where we'll go today. Well, no doubt listeners will have their own thoughts. They might have questions. They might have their own scenarios around some of these sorts of things. But Justin, when we talk lies, uh, lies that we often believe about money, we often think that, well, we believe whatever we believe about money and that's all true for us. That's the way we were raised. That's our family environment. That's the things we learned at school, even the things we learned at university. And we think those things are true about money. But that's not necessarily true when you compare it to some biblical foundations that no doubt we'll bring out in the hour. What about these lies that we often believe about money? Well, correct. A friend of mine's got a great saying, you know, my perception is my reality. And I think that's very true, isn't it? Not just with money, but with anything. Sometimes we can just think things are true, but have we actually evaluated them against God's word, which is the primary standard, and taken time to, uh, you know, really investigate these unhealthy, uh, unconscious sometimes, or subconscious, uh, attitudes that could be buried uh, you know, deep within us, and without evaluating those, without uh, um, checking to see whether they conform with the Bible, we can we can really get into trouble. I think, Justin, some of these lies. Uh, let's go through a few of these fairly quickly, and listeners might identify with these, and we'll pick up on some of them because uh, your wisdom on some of these things is from our past conversations is absolutely outstanding. So. Uh, the sort of lie that we might believe, and so many of us might even hear echoing in our own memories as we've said this, oh, I'm no good with money. Mm. So I, I rely on maybe my better half, or I rely on nothing except what the government tells me. Uh, I'm no good with money. That's one of those significant lies. Just let me rattle through a few here. I don't understand money. 
the more we talk about it, we recognise how complex and even complicated uh, money can be when we talk about it. Another one, I don't have time to learn or it's too hard to learn about money. Uh, Out of those sorts of lies that we might believe, Justin, which ones stand out to you? I think the first... The first two are heart attitudes, you know, I'm no, or belief systems. I'm no good with money. I don't understand money. And what I always try and say to myself and also to other people is, you know, where did this come from? You know, where did this belief? Who told you that you were no good? And sometimes it can be a very uncomfortable thing to challenge these these thoughts in our hearts, especially when there's negative emotion or there might be trauma attached to something in your childhood that um, gave us that reason why we think that way. Um, but the reality is, if we don't, uh, you know, they're like the weeds that, that Jesus talked about in Matthew 13. If we don't uh, look at the weeds in our heart and pluck them out, they'll continue to grow and cause problems. The second two, I don't have time to learn and it's too hard to learn about money. I think they're ones which we should just say, especially as, as Christians and kingdom people, that you know that it should be illegal for us to, to say those two things because the reality is we all have 24 hours in the day and we are given freedom and um, God gives us self-government to determine how we actually spend our time. And then the last one about it's too hard to learn about money. Well, um one of the things in learning anything, anything uh, anything new is going to be a little bit scary. Anything new is going to bring up these emotions. But once we learn and get comfortable with the process of being overwhelmed, when I first started learning lots of new things, I got used to get very much overwhelmed. And one of my mentors said to me, learn to appreciate being overwhelmed when you're learning new info because it actually means your brain and your spirit is taking it all in. So I'd love for any um, our listeners to ask questions about that. You know, why, why do you think it's too hard to learn about money? You know, we learn about everything else in life, don't we? Uh, we learn how to play soccer or whatever it is. We learn how to do different things. Let's just destroy that myth that it's actually hard to learn about money. Who told you you were no good with money? Let's touch on this for a moment because it seems to me uh, to put a finger on the pulse of where our conversation is likely to go today because when we talk about parents and the influence they have on their children, usually it's our own parents who initially shape our attitudes about money. So if we say, I'm no good with money, it may be because we're reflecting our parents' thoughts on the them saying, I'm no good with money, or our family's never been good with money. Uh, thoughts here on this uh, issue of parents and the impact that parents have on our children? Yeah, and that's exactly why I do what I do and, and uh, you know, am involved with 1010 Family, but also, you know, financial freedom uh, for kids and ambassador with them is actually to help parents and empower them to teach Uh, their kids the right things uh, so that their kids don't have to go through the same struggles we did. Uh, You know, I was talking to a a good family friend um, about money about a month or so ago and she just said to me, you know, Justin, I don't really even like money. You know, money's sort of uh, bad. So again, where did that belief come from? You know, what's actually behind that? 
And there's a great saying, <clears throat> you know, you can't do what you don't believe you are. So God God doesn't violate our our free will. If we say, I don't want to learn about money or, or it's too hard to learn about money, you know, we're really limiting his involvement in our life and we're limiting his stewardship uh, to teach us and guide us uh, over a thing which is very important, which is, is money. We know from the scriptures the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and sometimes people get that out of uh, you know out of its context. But Christians who think that money is bad or evil, uh, or have some sort of a, an aversion to it because of things that they might have heard uh, even in growing up, and maybe they misheard things because sometimes you can hear something as a presentation and you can mishear the way that those presentations are being made. What are your thoughts here for the believer who somehow or other thinks that money is bad or evil? Well, I would say we always have to evaluate things back against the Bible. And, you know, there's 2,350 verses about money. And, you know, Jesus addresses it pretty clearly that wherever your treasure is, there's your heart. And Jesus told a lot of parables commending people for their use of money and also um, somewhat uh, bring correction for those who didn't use money well. So I would say just... The, the first step is to actually be okay with questioning these voices in our head or the these statements that we say and just saying, do they line up with the Bible? And if so, that's great. But if not, what am I going to do about it? I mean, and the answer really should be I'm going to go on a journey with God and with other people and uh, make sure that these lies don't actually stay in my life. Um, in terms of trauma as well, you know, uh, I'm a big believer that unhealed hurts, unmet needs and unresolved issues are probably the biggest issue in the world today. And when we know we're loved by God and when we know that <coughs> he loves us unconditionally, we are then free to, uh, you know, filter things in a, in a healthy way. <clears throat> and as you said, uh, sometimes there can be good things shared but because of those unhealed hurts, unmet needs, unresolved issues, those filters can mean that what's received is very different. And so I spend a lot of my time uh, in 1010 Family helping set people free from the lies that they believe. Uh, and primarily it comes from childhood, not all the time, but primarily there's, there's a lot from childhood. And there might be listeners who you might have your own scenario, you might have your own thoughts, you might have an insight that you've learned over the years about money. We'll open our talkback lines in just a few moments. You can make a contribution to our conversation, ask a question, even have a critique. And sometimes we talk about the issue of prosperity uh, on a program like this when we're talking about money. And this is something where uh, in what when people frame their thoughts about money around a prosperity gospel, get your thoughts here, Justin, that that is actually a bad and wrong interpretation of what life is all about because prosperity actually can, in so many respects, draw people away from God. But it's also prosperity that builds the kingdom of God. So you've got to get a right balance in there, and your own attitude to the money is going to be an important thing there. And uh, putting God in the picture, how do you put God in the picture of uh, of some extremes in that area? 
Yeah, the way I like to describe it is, you know, there's two extremes. You've mentioned one, which is the prosperity gospel, which is, you know, God is going to make everyone wildly rich, but it normally comes with the promise of finding your joy and happiness in possessions. So to me, that's the root the root lie in the prosperity gospel that uh, God allows everyone to become rich, to have your satisfaction in uh, you know, a nice car, a big house. Now, all those things are, are good things, but the reality is, from what I believe, is that God raises up people to be uh, fantastic stewards of money. Yes, so their family needs can be met, but for the purpose of releasing more and more of the kingdom of God on, on the planet. And so the purpose of prosperity is called money prosperity, and we need to define prosperity as well. My definition is peace, wholeness, and well-being in every area of life, which comes from the word Salem in the, in the Old Testament. The word means peace, wholeness, and wellness in every area of life, not uh, just money. Um, and so really the call is to walk with God uh, and to invest wisely and to steward our gifts wisely so his kingdom can grow. So that's one, that's what I'd say is in the middle. On the other side is this belief you talked about, which is money is evil and um, it needs to be avoided or um, I just need to spend all my time uh, learning about uh, the Bible and things like that and not spend any time in investing in money. And I think that's also... um, just as erroneous as the other as the prosperity gospel because it keeps people in a poverty mindset and it prevents uh, the kingdom of God from being financed as well and also affects families terribly when there's that attitude that money is poor. When you're counselling people, Justin, do you find that it's a very freeing thing to be set free from some of these lies we're talking about uh, where people have been even uh, captivated by their own circumstances, captivated even uh, with a thought that they should always remain poor. Is there something freeing when you get to have those conversations? You expose some of these lies and then you bring in some form of simple but practical system for people to move out of uh, those thoughts. What are your thoughts here for what happens when you, when you start to expose some of these things in a conversation with people? Well, the first thing is people need to want to go there. So we don't do it, you know, unless people want to, but presuming they do. Um, and in my own life, I can say that, you know, whenever you believe a lie, there's never a good result of it. You know, the the other, uh, the enemy seeks to kill, steal and destroy, which is the first part of John 10.10. 10. But God comes that we should have life and life to the full. And that can only really come. You know, Jesus said, you will know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. And that's far more than, you know, Jesus' salvation, you know, that he, he bought for us on the cross. What I think Jesus is talking about is, uh, you know, so much bigger, that there's so much truth that's contained in the person of Jesus. Um, and that's across our whole, our whole life. And so our journey on this planet is to become more and more conformed to Jesus' image. And the only way we can do that is to... Um, well, we can't do that fully until we address the lies we're believing in our lives. So to me, it's absolutely essential and it is the roadmap to freedom. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. 
Times are getting tougher. The cost of living is increasing. There are all sorts of economic challenges ahead. Things look tough. And our kids will be watching us as parents how we're handling these transitions through even some tough times for so many of us. Well, our talkback line's open on 1-800-316-316. Our special guest is Justin Pagotto. He leads a ministry called 1010. And we've got some great wisdom coming today. You're welcome to join in. You might have your own question, comment, even critique for our conversation or your own scenario you'd like to run by Justin. Justin, let's take a call or two. Let's hear from Anne in Labrador in Queensland. Hi, Anne. Welcome. Hi. How are you? Hi, Justin. Um, Hi, Anne. Listen, I think, yeah, um, I just believe that if you live by godly principles like tithing and giving to other things, you know, that are... uh, um, that are in Christian uh, organisations and stuff, and I just believe that that is one way that we can that God will bless us no matter what. The other thing is also, don't get a credit card. If you want to buy, you save it up and then buy it. But if you do credit cards, um, you're going to be in debt eventually because of the way the interest is and everything else. And what my mother did. Years and years ago, she would put money aside for electricity and all the other things um, that she needed, and that's how she got by when she was, you know, hard up when Dad left. So that's how she worked out all her finances and stuff like that. But what I did, one of my friends got me into whole life insurance, um, and it had bonuses where I could take out without taking whole life insurances out. So I, I was put into that. So. So when I retired, I had enough to put to take out of that as well, and also my super. So that's how I was able to, when I retire, able to um, retire even, and even before then, I was able to. Um, <laughs> and wonderful insights here, and uh, you've clearly uh, recognised your mother and her impact on your own understanding yeah. about finances. So uh, let's yeah. we maybe talk mm-hmm. about some of those things. Uh, Justin, what are your thoughts for Anne? Uh, there's a lot of good things there, Anne. Um, yeah, definitely, we're called to be generous. So that's a very clear theme in the Bible, especially with our giving uh, to God and for the work of the ministry. So. Uh, 100% agree with you there. Um, I'd like to open up the conversation a bit wider maybe to say, you know, I think God calls us to steward not only what we give, but what we earn. So what that means is uh, learning how to be the best employee, business owner, entrepreneur, whatever type of person we are, so that we can increase our income. And and also not just for that, Um, many, many, many years ago, I worked for a financial institution and the boss said to me, Justin, you're the first Christian who's actually worked hard for me and actually made us a lot of money. So the, the made us a lot of money didn't really worry me too much, but the first one, you're the first Christian who's ever worked hard for me, that really made me sad. And, you know, if we have a belief that money is uh, evil or not, not good, we're not going to... Um, we're not going to work hard and reflect well on Jesus. So that's important as well. Um, investing, I love the fact that you have uh, got some wisdom around investing and whole of life policies. You know, we can't get any financial advice on, on the show. That's outside the, the realm of this, but, you know, it's great that you've, you've found a product that suits you. 
being a whole of life product and um, and that it's creating an income stream as well as your super. So lots of good things there. And there was one other one, but I can't remember what I was going to say mom, about it. She used to, yeah, my mum, she used to put the things aside, like money and stuff aside. Oh, yes, yes. So, so, the, so, so the so, and stuff, she used to put it aside in uh, envelopes in the folder. Yeah, that's how she, yeah. Simple form of budgeting. So saving, you know, save, spend, give, invest, like, you know, if you can save money consistently, you'll never be short of money in your life. That's something that's, that I was told, um, you know, in my 20s. You know, if you never spend everything that you earn, you'll always have a surplus of money that's growing. True. What I would... Pr- about credit cards, um, I'm a little bit... I think it all depends on the discipline of people. Uh, if you can't handle money and you actually cannot pay it off each month, then I would agree with you, credit cards are not a good thing. Um, You know, I am pretty disciplined and I actually have five credit cards if I wouldn't advocate for other people, but they are for different businesses. So I have one per business and that handles the expenses. But uh, I've never paid one cent of interest on a credit card in, in 27 years. So as long as you're actually, like you said, only spending money that you have, Credit cards can actually be a good, uh, easy way of you know, getting frequent flyer points. And I sent my mum to London on a plane trip based on credit card points. So, But the key is you've got to do it with wisdom, which I agree with. And if you can't, uh, cutting them up and doing the budgeting like you said, is there's a lot of value in that. And thank you so much for your call. And our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. You might have your own insight to offer. 1-800-316-316. Just uh, two or three minutes in the lead up to news, Justin. Uh, Just to come back to... Thank you so much for sharing uh, your own experience there uh, about working hard and a boss who would affirm that you were the first Christian who ever worked hard there. Sometimes, broadly across our society today, we hear about an age of entitlement and the thought that you're there to receive from your employer and, uh, you know, it's as much as you can get from your employer and work as little as as you need to. Uh, what are your thoughts here about an age of entitlement and is there something there that we've believed as Christians uh, that we ought to change because there's a biblical wisdom on working hard? Um, well, in two or three minutes I'll do a very short summary, but I'm I'm a former baseball player, so this is what, made sense to me when an American guy called Osman talked about that. He talked about how to be an effective marketplace minister. So what he meant by that is how to be an ambassador for Jesus in the marketplace in the very first base. So in baseball, you hit the ball and you go to first base, second base, third base and home base. Um, First base is actually excellent, just being good at your job or being good in business. Um, And he, he said, you know, if you can't uh, be excellent or good at your job, you sort of you can't go around the rest of the bases in being an ambassador, and that's sort of what made me sad when my my old boss told me, Justin, you're the first Christian who's ever worked hard for me. The second base is integrity. So you know, in the workplace or in our whole lives, if we say we're Christians and that we belong to the King, yet the way we live our life is uh, not in alignment with that, then we also lose our ability to influence. 
and talk to people about the, the good news of the gospel. The third one uh, is love, so making sure that we love well, and Jesus was all about that, wasn't he, to our love, that we'd be known by our love. And then the fourth one in business or in our jobs is actually having God's wisdom and his divine wisdom or blueprints that come from above in order to solve problems or to come up with ideas, witty inventions, which is mentioned in the Bible, uh, to show that we actually have a king who has unlimited resources. So that's my very, very, very quick take on it before (laughs) the news. Justin, before we move on, let's take another call. Percy is in Esk in Queensland. Hello, Percy. Welcome. Hi. Percy. Thank you very much. Yes, I'm here. Yes. What are your thoughts? Percy. Yeah. I've just got a uh, critique. I uh, We give to the poor, the needy, the widow and the orphan in, in India have been doing for many years. And especially over the COVID uh, pandemic, we've been lo- looking after personal, you know, few people as well. And uh, and a lot of people, you know, I've known in the churches and all that, they give to receive. So they say, oh, yeah, if I give this, I'll, I'll receive that a bit more. You know what I mean? And they're caught up and don't un- understand what the real the things about giving to. And it's not about receiving for yourself. But I've just on the radio station, which is... Uh, it's Sorry, Percy, you're breaking up a little there. Are you with us? Yes, I'm with you, yeah. Yep, hold your, phones, hold your phone still. Yep, keep going. Yeah, so what I've, I've got here, I've just heard an ad on your radio station about CBN, and if you were to give this particular time in the month, you will rec- it will be multiplied seven times to, you know, someone's going to multiply that for the, for the people. Anyway, so I was thinking, well, if I give you 500 for that purpose, and then say here, what about if I give you 500, you multiply it seven times back to me. Is that possible? I think uh, there's a little confusion in that because, and I'm not sure exactly of the ad and other listeners might have heard that, but uh, oftentimes there are initiatives that organisations put in place where they've had someone who's giving a substantial donation and they say, when you give, your donation will be matched. And they might have a particularly generous giver who's ready to multiply the gift that you give multiple times. And they might sometimes, as we've seen on this particular radio station, even have an unlimited potential for being able to multiply a gift. So that might be a separate, different thing to the sorts of things that Christian believers believe when they hear or when they... Uh, espouse that sort of wisdom that I'm going to give this $100 here and I'm going to be receiving seven times back from God. Now, that's an interesting one because there are some scriptures that say God will multiply to us uh, in our generosity. But let's get our wisdom from our special guest today. Uh, Justin, what are your thoughts for Percy on this issue? Uh, Very good question, Percy. Um, You know, I think it all comes down to the heart. So God wants us to have a heart relationship with him. He doesn't want formulas. He doesn't want us to uh, to do things and like a jackpot machine, you know, the old poker machines where people used to pull pull the uh, the arm and pull the uh, put the money in and hope that when they pulled the jackpot um, that money would come out. And I think sometimes what you're saying, or this is what may seem to me, that we can have that attitude with God as well, that we can put in our money, we can give, as you say, 
and with the wrong motive and the wrong heart to actually um, treat him like a poker machine and, and demand or expect that he's going to, uh, you know, return that money, uh, you know, threefold, fivefold, sevenfold, whatever it is. So my my heart would be uh, we should give out of gratitude and out of a, a real worship to God for what he's done and also um, out of obedience. And then the byproduct of that is up to God, right? But what we do in giving is only one part. You know, we're going to be talking in a second about I think it's just as important to learn how to uh, steward our employment or our business and invest in ourselves and our education. It's just as important to be wise in how we save, how we invest, and then also how we spend our money as well. So I think it's it's so much more. Percy, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316, 1-800-316-316. Just to dwell on giving to receive for a moment here, because as you say, Justin, there is an attitude of the heart, but a lot of people will be inclined to look at, say, scriptures in Malachi, that when you give... You know, God will open the windows of heaven and bless you in incredible ways. And and uh, I've heard uh, commentary around that, that, of course, yes, that is a monetary type of ex- expectation uh, that uh, you could have there. And whether you make that sort of a, an unbreakable promise from God or whether you see that as biblical wisdom, no doubt you've uh, reflected on that idea. But uh, for the generous believer with the right attitude, then Excellent things will happen. Yeah, that it's a, it's a, that passage is actually one of the most debated and hotly uh, spoken about passages. So I think it's very hard to give a, a very short answer to it. But what I would say is that you know John ten ten says that God has created us to have life and life to the full. But sometimes we think and we put way too much focus in the Western world about that that primarily means money. You know, life and life to the full, uh, you know, means living a life where we have our needs met and we have money to share. And for some, that's a little bit. For some, that's a lot. Uh, but it also is much more than that. So prosperity in our relationships, having families who love one another deeply, uh, you know, having uh, looking after our health. Also, what we do as, as a ministry or purpose, what brings joy to the world, how we actually give it not only money but ourselves, they're all part of living the 1010 life. And I think where we get it wrong is we divorce fruitfulness from relationship with God. If we focus on the simple things of surrendering our hearts to God more and more and growing in that, abiding in God's love, which John 15 talks us about, and then uh, investing in the things that really matter, which is in our relationship with God, uh, what we're called to do in our purpose and learning about money, spend, save, invest, give. You know, they're all the important things in life. And if we do that, the natural byproduct will be fruitfulness in in our whole life, not just money. Love your wisdom, Justin. Get the relationship with God right first. And isn't that in line with, I think it's uh, Matthew chapter 6, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things you're worried about, then they will fall into place. The thought that God is not a poker machine 
And I know that uh, perhaps older listeners uh, will be familiar with the thought that, uh, you know, poker machines used to have uh, the nickname the one-armed bandit. If you thought of God as a poker machine, you'd be thinking that God was trying to steal your money, wouldn't you? Uh, the thought that, oh, I give, I give at church, uh, whether it's a tenth or whether it's an offering or whatever it might be, that somehow or other I'm putting some money into a slot machine. Uh, wonderful illustration there uh, that God is not there trying to take your money. But the generosity of the believer will have as part of their uh, system of how they manage their money will be generous to those issues in the kingdom. But let me come back to uh, where our topic is today, Justin, because as you say, there's so many different dimensions we can go off on. Uh, The thought that we might have believed some lies about money. We mentioned some in the first part of our conversation. I'm no good with money or I don't understand money. I don't have time to learn about money or it's too hard to learn about money. And these are the things, if we don't rectify them, we'll pass on to our kids. You've got some wonderful principles and even some very practical things that you share about how we teach our kids about money. I wonder if we can move in that direction. And listeners might like to contribute on 1-800-316-316. But let's come back to the kids and how we actually change the way that their perception is about money. Where do we start here, Justin? Yep, very good. The first thing, even for us adults, is to take extreme ownership for our actions. And, you know, that's in life. So God wants us to be self-governing, powerful people from a place of love and humility. But Uh, to actually take ownership for things. And so what I'm going to share is a very easy uh, way, and we teach this in Financial Freedom for Kids. Um, And, you know, on 1010 Life, when you get the free reports, you get uh, build a lifelong bond with your bond with your kids report, but you also get what you need to teach your your kids about money. That's a free report and a set of emails. So when you, you subscribe to that, you'll you'll start to uh, get information on this method I'm about to share. So it's called LEAP. So L stands for learn, E stands for earn, uh, A stands for accelerate, and T stands for play, and I've added with purpose. Uh, I've added my own little uh, extra thing. So let's go through the four key parts. And the reality is in anything, you want to keep it simple. You want to have a vision And you want to make it simple enough so you can understand and replicate it and track where you're going. Okay, so we're talking learn, earn, accelerate and play with purpose. Uh, First of all, on the learning. So you're a parent and you're saying, well, this is what we need to do with the kids. Turning over a new leaf from now, we're going to dispel some of these lies, even that we've believed about money, and we're going to get our kids on the right track. So uh, learning, what do we do with learning here? Yeah, and and the first thing I'll say is, you know, systems work. And, you know, uh, when we don't follow things and we follow, commit to them, focus on them, implement them, that's when people fail, okay? And three, just before we get that, actually, we might just um, uh, talk about these three killers of uh, success is greed, fear, and impatience. So three massive things which we don't want to have in our learning about money is greed, fear, and impatience. Um, But, you know, let's start with learn. So, you know, education is really, really important. As I said before, um, any time 
anyone has achieved any sort of success, doesn't matter whether it's money, whether it's in sport, whether it's in relationships, whether it's in ministry, it's all come down to uh, learning and education. And, and I want to make it really clear, and this is something I'm really passionate about, learning something in our heads does not is not learning. Learning only comes when we apply things, okay? And it's very true with our kids with money, right? So what we've got to do is create processes for our children. That's what the Financial Freedom uh, Animated Module Series is about, um, is making it fun for kids to actually learn the process of becoming financially smart. And that, yes, there will be fears. Yes, there's questions that pop up. But the reality is that's learning. Okay, so what we need to do is to have an open mind and say, I'm going to learn about money, whatever it takes, and to put time, effort, money involved, and to open up our hearts, open up our minds, and surrender and trust Jesus that He's going to take us on a journey. And, before you know, before we move on. What I was going to say, Justin, uh, some parents might be thinking, well, don't they teach our kids uh, all about money at school? Uh, I suspect uh, this is something that happens within the family environment here. I don't know whether you've got a a short perception there. I don't want to break our momentum going through the leap, Uh, L-E-A-P, but, but, uh, you know, our kids are going to learn about money somehow or other. They're going to get it downloaded through TikTok or something. Yeah, they're going to learn from social media being marketed to all the time. Uh, schools are getting better at teaching kids a little bit about money, but not not to not learn, learn, earn, accelerate and play with purpose, you know. Uh, so that's gotta come as a, that's gotta come from the parent. A parent whether yeah, you're yeah, uh, whether yeah. you're uh, you know, mum and dad and the kids, or whether you're a single parent, uh, it's going to come from your parent. Absolutely, absolutely. And we, we invest in what we value, right? So um, when learning is enjoyable, we do it. When we can see value in it, we do it and we create it. And so I was somewhere else. I'll tell you which city I was at. I'll just keep it um, uh, blank. And I was talking to the, the lady in the shop and you know, I said, how, how are you going? Uh, she said, oh, she had two jobs. She had to work so hard. And we got around to her kids, and one of her ki- kids was um, uh, in his room playing Fortnite all the time, and she couldn't get him out. And I said, well, why don't you bring the computer, the, the uh, PlayStation out to a common area and put some boundaries about it? And she said, oh, I tried that. I, I smashed one of the PlayStations, but we've got four PlayStations in the house. Mm-hmm. Right? So that made me immediately think, we all invest in something. This particular parent was investing, giving her, every one of her kids a PlayStation, whereas I'm much more interested in helping parents invest in, in things that really matter, which is teaching your kids how to become money smart in a fun way. Um, you know, last week I was uh, <laughs> a guest at um, uh, one of the universities here where I live, um, which had young entrepreneurs presenting their uh the new innovation. And I was so encouraged that there were young people actually with real business ideas. They were in year 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12. So we've got to teach our kids young and teach them about money. If we don't teach our kids about money, society and uh, social media will. 
Okay, let's come back to LEAP, L-E-A-P, Learn, Earn, Accelerate and Play with Purpose. Uh, We touched on learning. Let's talk about earning. How do we use this as part of our system with kids? Okay, so in the financial freedom models, I'll talk about that, but it's also relevant for other ones. You know, we teach the kids, it's a uh, 12-module course, they learn one business every month. So they don't just learn it, they actually do it and they make real money. And so I want to encourage people, you know, I think there's a flaw in the education system where you're just filling your mind with knowledge. That's actually not learning. So to actually to earn, you must uh, take little steps and put things into practice. So we do just that. So with the, the kids, they make real money, they get full playbooks where they work out what they need to do, and it tells them exactly what they do. But the reality is if they just get that info and sit on it, nothing will happen. So so the uh, so the one, one business every month, so this is the sort of business that the kids themselves run. You as a parent, you help them get started, and they actually earn money doing that. Is that something that happens within Correct. the home, depending on age, no doubt, but something in the street, in the community? How does it all work? Is there an example you can give to us? Uh, there's a mixture of online and offline. Half of them are online, half of them are online. And so the main the main part is that kids actually just do it because the learning is just as important as the earning. Um, so money's not not the uh, the be all and end all. The actual thing is the knowledge of starting thinking through what are the the key uh, components of running a business. What is sales? What is profit? What are expenses? And so earning, you need to take risks. And so for us adults, you know, when you learn something about money, apply it. You know, if you're learning how to invest in super and shares or in property, it's no good just staying with that and being a hearer of the word and not a doer. You've got to take steps and take action, make mistakes, uh, and also get mentors who are further ahead of the game than you, who you can learn from. Justin, the next one, learn, earn, accelerate. And time's running short, but how do we talk about accelerate? So accelerate is just simply about how do you actually learn about saving, investing and growing your money. So learn about money is how the whole system works and we'll be sharing some of the things uh, in future episodes about this. Earn is about making your own money, but then what do you do once you get money? How do you actually steward it? How much should you invest? Where should you invest it? How do I get my money to grow rather than just relying on what I earn each week in the job? And play with purpose. The fourth part of LEAP uh, sounds like play with purpose has a fun activity to it and uh, turns around the thought of uh, a, a drudgery to something that you actually enjoy. What is play with purpose? How does that fit into the system? Right, so play is this, what do you actually want to teach our kids to use our money for? Because money in itself is not important. It's only important to the extent that it helps us achieve the things that are really important in life, like relationships, the good we can do, the people we can help, the impact we can make. Um, And how much more should we as Christians be thinking about how we can use money to further God's kingdom on the planet? You know, for me... Um, you know, when I do my trips to the Philippines doing medical missions or taking parents over and kids doing um, building houses or doing some form of charity work, you know, I get 
huge joy from serving people who can't repay me. There's nothing like it on the planet. So in the P, we help uh, kids to look at, you know, what's, how do they be, uh, how do they contribute? How do they give back in the world? What's their purpose that God's designed for them and how do they actually uh, help people? Well, outstanding wisdom, and, you know, I can't help but uh, align that with even a cultural mandate that we have right back to the book of Genesis. Uh, you know, go into all the world and multiply and have dominion over the earth. There's a certain sense in which when you're exerting influence, if you're exerting power, then somehow or other there's money associated with that. And when there is a godly intention at the heart, uh, that really is a part of God's purposes, how we use our money with purpose. And love your heart, love your insights, Justin, when you talk about playing with purpose and how you get to be a part of uh, all of these great pursuits when we align ourselves to what God is doing. Hey, let's spend just a, a couple of minutes here just talking 1010 because 1010life.com.au is your main website, but people can follow you on Facebook, join the 1010 Family Life Facebook group. You've also got some free gifts for people who go onto your website. Just give us an insight into those free gifts, Justin. Yeah, so when you go to 1010life.com.au, you'll see um, you pop in your details and you'll get, uh, you get three or four things, actually. The first one is how to build a lifelong bond with your kids guide. Uh, and you'll get lots of free family tips about how to raise happy, more confident and money smart kids. The second one you get is the top 10 things parents need to talk to their kids about money, which is the financial freedom information. And you'll be getting information from them. And if you like it, you know, you can buy the financial Freedom for Kids course and module at home and, and actually start implementing that LEAP program yourself. We also have um, free Christian movies uh, via our partnership with uh, Raising Royalty. Uh, we actually help parents get uh, lower their bills on energy, mobile, internet, all those types of things. So there's about seven, seven things you get free resources when you, you click on to 1010life.com.au. Wonderful stuff. 1010, that's the number 10. That's 1010life.com.au to connect with Justin Pagotto. He leads that ministry called 1010. And uh, you can connect with Justin also, as I say, on Facebook. There's a Facebook group, 1010 Family Life. Justin, wonderful insights. Thanks so much for taking some time to share those with listeners today on 2020. My pleasure. And my biggest, the way you can thank me is just to do it. Like, you know, I really want to have a passion to see parents uh, break through the paradigms they had with their their parents and actually put this stuff into practice because the king and his kingdom is such a, a treasure that, that why wouldn't we want to give up everything and learn and go through uh, uncomfortable uh, places to learn new things so that he can be glorified. So you could put that off, but no time like right now to connect on this very important pursuit of how a parent even breaks the cycle uh, that we've received and what we're passing on to our kids. 1010life.com.au Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au 